Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. I want you to open your Bibles before we pray to Luke chapter 8. And I think I'm just, because of the Spirit, I I think I'm just going to read one verse, and then I'm going to teach. So let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 39. Say amen when you get there. Six people are opening their Bible. Okay, this is two things, two things that every church should be. You ready? Number one, every church should be a good note-taking church. Why? Because we take what God is saying to us seriously. And until you take what he says to you seriously, he's not going to take what you say to him seriously. So it's a little bit of a catch there because we all think that God's just this machine that I tell him what I want and I get what I want without giving anything back. But you are going to reap at the level you invest. And it's a wonder why so many people try to reap more than what they really put in. But that's not for today's message. So always take good notes. And then number two, write this down, right? Because you're a note-taking church. I want to throw the mic today. So we're a note-taking church, and, and then we're also an expressive church. Every church needs to be a loud church. Oh, I, I will get everybody saying amen by the end of it, because a quiet church is a dying church. And a quiet believer is a dying believer. And you can never reconcile being quiet in Scripture with me because throughout the harmony and the canon of Scripture, he calls us to speak our faith. So somebody gave me a good amen right there. Okay, so I know you're going to take good notes. So verse 39, it says this. Return. Everybody say return. Isn't that a perfect word for right now in the season that we're living in? Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for the anointing that is in this room. And I pray that you have shown up here to do a great work in each and every life that's streaming online across this country, that's that's here in this house. God, Lord, that's tuning in on Sunday night, Lord, clicking on on Monday morning. God, I pray right now that this word would manifest in people's lives, God, to go forth, take new territory, and accomplish the mission that God has given them and let people know of the good things that God has done in their life. And Holy Spirit, anoint me to preach your word, to accomplish your will and not mine. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me flow with you, be flexible of spirit and nimble of mind. And I pray, God, Lord, that you would Use me to accomplish the assignment for which you have me on. I'm not here on accident. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. All right. You guys ready? Awesome. I'm excited. So I know there's a new series that Pastor Joel is like, if you can preach this new series, Taming the Tongue, that would be awesome. Launch that and get us started in it. So I'm going to try to tie a little bit of that in with a message I am entitling, The Voyage. 
And so it's gonna be really key because this is, this is what we're all on. God gave me a prophetic word to start this whole year and go through it and come out on top of it. I got this last year in November and I wanted to speak this to uh, uh, Oaks Church. I almost called you Bridge Church. Uh, Oaks Church because Oaks Church, you guys are about to get a new building. Come on, who's sick of the hotel and wants to be in a building, right? You're gonna have a, you're not even two years old. Like, this is awesome. Like, you guys are getting rolling and really just starting and just warming things up, and God is gonna do a great work. This voyage that God said, the journey that you're setting out for, he said that the, the kind of tagline that he gave me, or definition, if you will, is you are launching into uncharted territory. And I got this last November, and he said, he said, and I'm giving you permission. Did you know you need permission for God? Come on, all, all, the, all, the, all the humble people said amen. amen. You need permission. He said, I'm giving you permission to take territory. How many have ever launched a business and it didn't go good? Right, come on, all of you are like, yeah, and just tears rolling. I, how many have ever done it and you tried and you stepped out and God, because there wasn't the grace on it. And so God wants to give you a grace for this season to not just make it through. We're in this together. We're going to survive together. No, no. You're going to come out as the body of Christ, shining brighter, not even smelling like smoke, not even anything hinged on you. You are going to come out stronger than ever before because he's giving you permission to take territory. And he broke it down for me in four categories. And I want you to write these down. It broke down in the four quarters of this year. And then I'm going to get to the last one that I want to talk about today. Embrace the uncertainty, number one. Embrace the, un oh, I think they're all up there. Perfect. Embrace the uncertainty. Oh, number two is not fun to say. Expect the resistance, right? How many have felt a little resistance this year? Expect the, see, the only reason you got black eyes is because you were in a fight that you weren't aware of. When you're aware that you're in a fight and there is always resistance out there, you're going to keep your guard up a little bit more. So expect resistance, but endeavor with hope. There's hope, guys. I'm here to tell you today, I'm going to be the opposite of every news channel and social media feed that you have on your page. I'm here to tell you there is hope. I'm here to tell somebody in the back row on the left side, there's hope. I'm here to tell somebody on stream, there's hope. I'm here to, I'm going to keep saying hope till somebody starts clapping because there is hope. You guys are buying a building during this season. We launched a school during this season. God is growing. God is, we have seen 700 people give their life to Jesus this year. That's just arch. Come on, give God some praise for that. Some of you are like, he's telling me to take notes. He's telling me to clap. I don't even know what to do with this guy. Endeavor with hope. And then number four, embark towards discovery. I want to talk a little bit more about this because in the story that we read, we read the end. We read the last piece of this story. And a lot of people like to teach about this passage in the Bible as two different stories. The story where Jesus comes in and heals uh, Peter's mother-in-law and then he, he's sitting 
And as he's sitting there, he, he, he's looking out across the sea and then he says, let's go over there. And they set out and a storm ensues and he falls asleep. The disciples wake him up and he ceases the storm. They arrive on Gadara. Everybody say Gadara. Oh, it's key. So Gadara, they arrive on Gadara. Well, they get to Gadara. He heals a demon-possessed man that was full of legion of demons. And then he jumps back in the boat and takes off. And that man goes from all through all the cities because Gadara was the, the entry point, if you will, the threshold to 10 providences in that area. So do, do everybody thinks that Jesus just showed up on accident. But he went to not just a random point, but a Goshen point, a point of promise and protected place, anointed by God. So he shows the Gadara, he delivers the man, he gets back in the boat and leaves. He healed one man. I, want, I need you to hear this right now. He healed one person. He healed one person. If all God does today is heal you from the heartache that you're struggling with for, so that you can go influence the rest of the Metroplex, God came for you. God came, he said, sure, did a whole journey just for one man that nobody else wanted. So everybody likes to split the story up though. It was the story of the sea and the storm and then it was the story of the shore and the, the, the possessed man, but it's really one. When Jesus was sitting in this little area of, of Peter's house, and he's looking through the window, if you will, and he's looking on, if you're in Israel, you can see the, the beautiful tapestry before you of this land and the sea and the mountains, and he has this beautiful, wonderful place right here. And he, as he pans across, it's these mountains and it, the greenery and the sun is up and it's, it's beautiful. And then he pans a little bit further towards McKinney where it's all dark and gray and rainy. And he says, you, yeah, let's go there. See, everybody thinks Jesus is always going to call us on the voyage uh, 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 where it's a nice cruise ship. Like, hey guys, let's set out. We got a big ship for everybody. Wear your little seasickness patch on your neck. Grab your pina colada, virgin of course, and you go ahead and you just sit back and relax. No, no, Jesus always calls us to the voyage where it's darkest. He, he's usually calling us to let's go there because he looks all across and he tells his disciples, he looks at the core and he says, Let's go there. Let us cross. The Bible says, let us cross to the other. I want you to write this down. Cross over to the other side. He says, let us cross over to the other side. And I'll talk more about why he says that in a minute. But then he goes in and he, they, said, they said, okay, great, Jesus, great game plan, whatever. And, and they said, let's go. Now, these Jewish boys know exactly where he's pointing and they know who's there. Make no mistake about it, they know. And we'll talk more about who's that in a second. But he gets there, and he gets them in the boat, and he says, let's, let's go to the other side. They get in the boat, Jesus falls asleep. And when Jesus falls asleep, the, the storm ensues. And when the storm comes, we love to talk about how the disciples are just pathetic. Right? Come on, let's be real. Come on, all, my, all, all you people, my sinners who look at the Bible like I do, like, what a loser. Why, why couldn't he have, like, great faith like I have faith? Until I get a hangnail, and then I'm all, like, where is Jesus now, right? 
I, 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 what about these guys? And he, he's asleep. How could Jesus be asleep in the middle of my storm? Where is Jesus during COVID? Well, where's our healer? And they, they, they panic and they fear. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I said a trigger word. Nobody get offended. I said fear. They were afraid. What were they afraid of, Brandon? They were afraid, Pastor Brandon, of the storm. When Jesus woke up, because they went and shook him, and I like to think, of, in my imagination, I picture Jesus like many of us do. Can you imagine Jesus? Like all of a sudden, he's robotic almost, and he just, boom, pops up, walks over, gets to the bow of the ship like George Washington crossing the Potomac, and he has this Russell Crowe moment where he's just like, storm, peace, be still. And he just, wow, you can hear ACDC cranking in the background. And he's, I, that's what I picture, but maybe I'm a sinner, and I just don't know how to view it right. But I... I, 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 but maybe it's probably really on the reality side. And he's like waking up like many of us do and the, the kids and everybody who's not, you know, who are morning people with their 30 questions and their outline of the day. My wife is a morning person. She, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. My wife is a morning person. I am not. And my wife will have been up longer than me, she'll have done her journaling, her praying, because she's way more super spiritual than I am. And then she'll, on top of that, she'll clean, she'll have made breakfast, she'll have made coffee, and I'm like barely getting up, rolling out of bed. And then by the time I sit down and I have my coffee, she's like, okay, so for today, we're gonna do, and I'm like, just dead stare. And I've learned now after 15 years to just be quiet at least. And don't say, don't tell you what well, the last thing you want to do is, honey, it's too early. Shush. You ever try to shush your wife? Uh, you don't shush Emily. So I, I, I just sit there and I listen and I just tell her, honey, I love you, but you're going to have to repeat all of this in about 20 minutes. And so I, I get up and I get to the, and finally a couple cups of coffee. I, Jesus was probably because he's both God and he's both man. So now he's just waking up. And he calmly just goes to the front of the ship. Because what, what did Jesus have that they didn't? See, the thing is that Jesus had peace in him in the middle of the storm. So he didn't have to fear the storm because he already had the peace. So I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere. I need you to stay with me. So Jesus calmly walks to the front of the ship, looks at the storm as if it's nothing, as if it's a sprinkling. And he says, peace be still. Come here, you, come here, come here, you 12. What are you thinking? Oh, you of little faith, because the, the opposite of faith is fear. Can I walk a little bit? Is that, I'm used to walking. Uh, it, it, the opposite of faith is fear. So let me give you something you need to write down and remember for the rest of your life. If you fear God above everything, you'll never have to fear anything. Because the reason fear starts to settle into hearts is because I fear that more than I fear him. And I will, I, that's where idol worship will begin because I begin to make idols things that are greater than God. And nothing, nothing is greater than your Savior. Nothing is greater than Jesus. 
Jesus. No one is greater than God. No one stands above. Come on. I need some believers to get with me today. No one is greater. Nothing is greater. You can have more degrees than a thermometer and your education amounts to nothing compared to Jesus because his word, if I was to preach, oh, who will believe the report of the Lord? Last year, everyone, oh yeah, thank you, preacher. Love you, preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but when I say who will believe the report of the Lord above CDC and who, who will believe the report of the Lord above what a government or a man or a person or anyone thinks, who will believe the report of the Lord and hear that God is greater. God is bigger. God's peace can settle on you even in the midst of the worst recession. Oh, hallelujah. Sit down or I'm going to keep preaching. I'm used to a handkerchief kind of preach. I'm used to a stomping and a running because that's, I just can't contain it when I know how good my God is. There's, there's just this, there's a, there's a peace in me that I just walk with a little bit of a swag. I, I don't have to walk. We have so many Christians who it's November again election. And we're just like, what are we going to do? Good God. Who? So the storm comes and, and I'm not even to my message yet, but the storm is, and Jesus silences right after he silences, they arrive at Gadara, Gadarenes. And when they get to Gadara, they pull up. And when they pull up, it's very interesting because we hear about the disciples all the way till here. And when they pull up to the shore, I just feel the Holy Spirit tell me to share this point with you. When they pull up to the shore, we hear about Jesus, how he, Jesus, got out of the boat. But they didn't. Are, are, did God get you through the storms of your life only to get here and never get out and be a part of the story? See, they, they, weren't, they, they were just watching the story while others were a part of the story. And, and I get to, or you're either going to watch Oaks Church buy the building and make it happen, or somebody's going to jump out of the ship with Jesus. Because you can either watch life go by you and be like, oh, that was really good. He had faith. Oh, you preach it. Oh, you win those people for Jesus. Oh, you just keep doing it. Oh, he is so good. Isn't he great, guys? This is awesome. And they have zero influence in a whole new territory. What are you called to build here at Oaks? I pick, you know what I picture? I picture Jerusalem when I'm thinking of Oaks. You wanna know why? Because you see a lot of olive trees. Are you gonna be just trying to blend in with another bunch of olive trees or are you gonna be an oak among olive trees? When you build this church, are you just another church in Texas? Or are you going to build a church that makes a difference? Are, are you stepping out on new shores to say, nobody's ever done this before. Nobody's ever tried this before. Nobody's ever seen this before. Nobody's ever done it like that before. You know, I've never done that. I'm coming to a church and I've never raised my hands. But today, I'm going to raise my hands. Today, I'm going to clap my hands. Today, I'm going to give. Today, I'm going to worship. Today, I'm going to pray. Today, I'm going to... Because the devil is watching you. And I don't have time to go into all of this, but he's cool that you worship God, by the way. Did you know that? As long as you worship him too. Got real quiet. What does he mean by I don't worship the devil? There's no Satan worship in here. 
Not in front of everybody. Maybe your pride. I, I don't know what it is, but there are a lot of idols that can be built pretty quick. You know, like, so you have to, you have to reevaluate what part of the story, who are you in this story? So when they show up, the, the crazy part is Jesus literally, I want to do, I'm a, now that I have a little bit of a platform here, I'm going to use this example. She's on the ship, pulls up, and he jumps. He makes one step. The Bible says, and he started to walk. And as soon as he started walking, a demon-possessed man comes running to him. Oh, he, he took one step. He didn't say anything. He, Brandon, he didn't send out a mailer. He didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't go out and say, hey, guys, hey, just want to do a big social media push real quick. You know, we're going to spend a couple hundred bucks, get the word out there. Oaks Church is here. No, he, they, they didn't even do anything. Jesus touched the shore. And when he touched the shore, the, the demon-possessed man comes running to him. The devil drove him to Jesus. I'm going to go somewhere really close to the, is the devil bringing more people to Jesus than you? The devil, the demons drove this man to Jesus. And so we need to have a better record than him. And, and, and he drives him. And, and this man, by the way, he's all marred up, cut up, beat up, destroyed. And he's naked. Naked is worse than naked. It's like a filthy version of. And he comes running. Ugh. And when he gets there, Jesus doesn't, oh, are you kidding? Look how filthy you are. Whoa, 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 you smell. Whoa, 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 you're dirty. Whoa, you're naked, bro. Hey, hey, no, no, Jesus goes, I love how you got to see the picture and Jesus sees him running and says, good, you're the man I was coming for anyway. And, and he comes and he goes right to him and goes and finds the poor, goes and finds the hurting, the bleeding, the ugly, the naked, the shame, the afraid, the lost, the painful. And he says, let me come to you. I came across the sea. And when he gets there, the, all, all of a sudden they begin to have a conversation on one level, but a supernatural conversation on a next level. The disciples hear one conversation, but there's a different conversation happening in the supernatural. Because what happens is they begin to talk and he says, who are you? And when he asks that question, the men on the boat who aren't a part of the story are expecting a name. But Jesus in the supernatural sees something that they can't and he's trying to interpret under which influence are you? And the demon-possessed man says, we are legion. And I, how many have ever heard this story before? You've heard the story about raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Almost everybody in here, okay? I've heard it too. And you know how I heard it? I heard it taught many. Legion is a, a, a word in, our, in the army used many. And I, I always, they always preach about, oh, the devil's gonna send every, yes, he is. We'll talk about that too. But, but it's a militant word. It, it means structure. It means organization. 
Some of you thought the attack of the enemy on your life is by chance. Some of us think that COVID is by chance. Some of us think that the fear that plagues you is by chance. The attack of the, while he is the author of confusion, he does not operate in chaos. He is organized and structured and he believes in your purpose usually more than you believe in your purpose. And he's saying, we got to get them before they can do anything. And the enemy's coming after your marriage, after your children, after your finances, after this city, after our state, after our nation, until the people of God say enough is enough. You cannot have this. You do not believe. You don't have faith. You don't have, you don't believe in this people like I believe in this. Oh, I feel the spirit of God in here. When you get the authority up in your bones, you'll be able to see demon-possessed people as opportunities instead of obstacles. And instead of making them enemies, you'll make them allies. And you'll step out and start saying, okay, I'm not here to blame you, hurt you, or kick you while you're down. I know that the only reason you're coming against me is because of who is in me. Let me speak peace. So what does the legion begin to say? Hey, 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 whoa, 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 bro. And they call him Lord. They call him son of God. The the disciples asked, who is this guy we're with? They didn't even know, but the demons knew. How well do you know God? Hopefully better than them. Because when they show up, the demon begins to negotiate. I want you to write this down. If he can't stop you, he's going to negotiate with you. Because the, the first step is this. You're a living, breathing manifestation that the storm didn't take you. Oh, I'm going to say it again. You are a living, the reason you are here today, streaming online in this place, the reason you're alive and have breath in your lungs and you've made it this far is because the storm couldn't stop you. The storm, think about this. Who sent the storm? Who sent, who sent the storm on the sea? The Bible calls the devil the prince of the air. You thought the storm was by accident? So you think that, because everybody likes to tell, again, these stories are separate stories, but they're the same story because if the, the storm was sent by him, then the beachfront that was there was sent by him too. So we see that the beachfront was there, but we never see that the storm was sent by him. And the devil, if he can't stop you with the storm, he's gonna negotiate with your shore because he's gonna say, hey, now that you're here, let's, let's talk this through a little bit. I'm glad you came to church, but just don't really listen. I'm, I'm glad. Okay. Okay. You, you made it. You made it. But, but don't really, don't tithe. Don't give. Don't, don't serve whatever you do. Whatever you do. Oh, please. You know what? Let, let's, let's work this out. We can compromise. Have you compromised in your walk with Jesus? Have you compromised? Have, have we? Can we ask that? Is that too hard of a question? Have we compromised and said, okay, well, at least I, I made it to the shore. You know, I'm here. And that's what we like to get comfortable with. And then we compromise because that's what he was saying. He said, hey, look, don't send us from here. 
You can cast us out of the man, but don't send us from here. Can you send us into the swine? Send us into the pigs. Why? That's strange. I don't have time to go into a deep theological dive of how uh, demons work, nor do I know all of it, nor does the Bible discuss all of it because the point isn't about them. But so be careful. Don't try to study demons and angels because that's not your job. Nor is it healthy. It's just, okay, extra. That's free. So the other side of this is when you come into, when, you, when, when they sent them out, it always confused me. Because what self-respecting Jew would raise pigs, let alone eat them? Right? And I, I'd always wondered, like, why would they have pigs? This must not be a Jewish area. So now rewind. When Jesus said, let us go to the other side, I don't think he was talking so much geographically as he was supernaturally and saying, I know we've been ministering to these guys, but I want to go over there to those people over there that you fit as unclean and the people that you talk about as not good enough. I want to go over to the other side where nobody's reached before because I want to go. And that's why the devil said, the demons said it themselves. They said, we don't care about the man don't send us from the territory because God is calling you to another territory to take and he likes tormenting us. That's just the fun. But it's not so much about, don't make your attack so personal. Normally it's just territorial so that you continue to pass the same problems down to the next generation. As long as he can remain in the territory because he was here before you and he'll be here after you. Because he doesn't care about the person as much as he cares about the place. Because he th they still think they're in charge. And God is calling Oaks Church to take new territory in uncharted places this year. And God is saying, I need you to cross over to the other side. Somebody shout out, I'm going to the other side. Come on, say it one more time. I'm going to the other side. Where's that other side? Is it somebody who doesn't believe what you believe, see what you see, think the way you think, look the way you look, talk the way you talk? They're a Democrat, not a Republican. Whatever it looks like, they're homosexual. They're, I don't care what the other side may look like. It's about the territory. Get over. Set your feet on that shore and take authority in the name of Jesus and don't allow negotiations to take place. Because the enemy just wants you to compromise. He just wants to talk it through with you. I'll give a little. I'm flexible. I'm easy. Let's talk this out. Just don't send us. Because we have fun torturing this guy. It's easy. I like do, we like doing it. It's kind of fun for us. We torment him. We force them back into a graveyard with nothing but dead things. And we've beat him and cut him and tortured him so much, he thinks now that it's really him. And he believes that he tortures. Now we've trained him. I, I need to talk to somebody who's been tortured and so much that you begin to torture yourself because of it. And every time you look in the mirror, you punish yourself again. You're not good enough. Who are you? You know what you did before you came to church? You know how you live this week? 
can I, can I come to tell you today that Jesus crossed over the whole sea, set foot on that shore for that one person to say, I, it's all good. I'm here to take care of you because while they don't care about you, I care about you. And I want to love you, heal you, restore you, build you, grow you. I want to touch every wound and hurt place. I want to heal your mind. Oh, somebody right now whose your mind has been plagued by the enemy and social, the world right now, you have been plagued in your emotions and it's been like, like this every other week. God is here. I showed up for you today. And God showed up to heal. God showed up to deliver. God showed up to save. Jesus showed up on the shores to say, I'm here for you. I'm here to deliver. I'm here to restore the brokenhearted. Are we brave enough to admit that we are hurting like we've been talking about the series you've been on, I'm not all right? And are we able to transition in the next phase that God is able to not only heal us, but then we're able to tame our tongue a little bit and begin to speak life and speak hope and speak vision and speak direction and speak God's word and say, you know what? It may not look good right now, but God's in control. The storm is here. You may be in the middle in your boat in the storm right now and God's saying, I've got you. It's going to be okay. You may be on the shore and the devil has tormented you every day of your life. Can I tell you to think about this? The devil himself sent a legion to this one man. Why did he do that? Well, I'm going to get real. I'm going to go. How far back can I go, Brandon? No further. Where's my leash? (laughs) Right there. Inch my way forward. I want to come back further because I, I used to always sit in the back of a church. I used to sit, and it doesn't matter the seat. Don't get the, the location as the important place. But I used to sit in the, in the back because I didn't really think it was about me. And I didn't value me. I, I wonder if some of us don't value our purpose as much as the devil. Per- he, 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 he sees your potential so much, that's why you were attacked when you were a kid. That's why that the devil came after you when you were young, because he's trying to tell them if I can stop them now, then they'll never amount to anything. But I got to get them early. I got to get them quick. And I, he attacks you and bombards you every moment of your life and tries to pour addiction back into you every day of your life because he believes he knows the potential of your purpose. And he's saying, I got to do everything I can to stop their future. So if you've ever had an attack by the enemy in this place, I want you to put your hands together and know that you've got a great purpose. You've got a great anointing. You've got a great calling. And, and, and the devil just is showing his hand saying, oh, not them. Don't let them get there. Oh, no, don't let them get in there. Oh, no, that's why he'll do things and he'll send stuff to attack you, not because you've done something wrong. We've got it all backwards in Christianity. God is not judging you. We think we're being judged and reaping what we sowed, but really it's just the attack of the enemy. And the enemy wants to stop you. Because what did this young man do? And this is where I'm going to close. So you can come and start playing the keys. Yeah, if you want to come join me. I'm not going to be very long. Am I doing good on time? Another 30 minutes? Great. (laughs) But I I, want to close because this is where it kind of wraps up. He says, he goes, uh, remember, I, I, I fear God above everything. So I fear nothing. 
So, so he comes to Jesus, and, he, and, and Jesus, he shows up, and he's like, Jesus, I want to follow you. Let's go. Let's go. I, I want to go with you. And he says, no, you can't. you got to stay here. Now, hear me. This is why it ties in. The reason I said that is because he knew the power and the authority that Jesus walked in. Because anybody who, come on, where are my stubborn people out there? <laughs> where are my stubborn people who don't want to raise your hand out there? Okay, yeah, exactly. So, but think about this. You find somebody who could make you, let's just put it in financial terms, who could make you a billionaire. And they told you, shoo. I'd be like, you're crazy. I'm going to go with you. I don't care what you, I'm jumping in the boat. I'm going, I'm a force, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna kick this door open and go with you. But because he had a, such a reverence in that moment of authority, because he knew the authority that possessed him, now he knows the authority that set him free. And so once he saw that, he said, oh, I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. I can't follow Jesus because that man went and influenced his whole town, influenced the whole area, influenced 10 providences. And because of that, there are churches alive today because one man said, I will be the influence and take territory territory for the kingdom of God and I'm going to stay where God planted me and I'm going to fight for what God put me with and I am going to believe that I have purpose in my life because we're going to embark towards what? New discovery. New things. What is God calling you to? How, what is he calling you to take? But what area is God calling you to influence? Where is God calling? Who? Oaks Church, can I encourage you not to determine someone's potential by the way they look? Can I encourage you not to discourage? Sometimes when we look at somebody who's demon-possessed and we can look at somebody who's dirty and filthy marred and hurting we see a problem and a project don't we but Jesus saw potential because people can fear projects that seem overwhelming we can fear a problem that seems too daunting I don't have the time to you know how many hours of counseling we'd have to do with this guy Right, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about because you were one of the people getting counseled. You, you know how many hours you were sitting in that seat. And, and you're, do you know how much work? Can I tell you, you're worth it. They're worth it. We're all worth it. And Jesus came. Because what did Jesus do? Jesus literally goes, boom, come out of that young man. No, you can't come with me. Change this whole area. I got a mission. And Jesus, literally, the scripture goes right on and he jumps back in the boat and he takes off. One guy to change a whole territory. God is giving you permission. 
Oaks Church. You are not growing and thriving and doing and living and being because you do not have a great potential and purpose. You have a phenomenal, I'm going to speak prophetic. God is not only giving a building, God is going to bless with a greater property, more land. God is going to bring more people who are hurting, who are damaged, who are in pain, who need help. And don't look at them like a project. Look at them like a promise. Look at that building that you're going to get and don't see the problem, see the promise, see the potential, see the purpose and say, oh God, you can do a lot with this because he works his greatest miracles in the worst mess. But you got to be able to see the other side of this and allow the Holy Spirit to quicken your hearts. Let me pray with you. In fact, let's stand. This is kind of a prayer standing thing and Stephen may have you sit again, but I'm going to have you stand. And forgive me if I went long, just write a good long letter to Pastor Joel and everybody send him one. Of all, any complaint you have, he would love it. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but I, I, I really, I wanted to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So I, I apologize, but I'm not sorry. Because I, I, I need you to hear something. When we spoke this word, God just started increasing. Now I, I, I influence most of Arizona for the prison system. And we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people give. Now they want to stream our little church. I've only been a senior pastor two years. Our little church, they want to stream it into three big prisons in the state of Arizona, which is phenomenal. That's awesome. But Oaks, that's my territory. When people tell me, oh, of course they'll give their life to Jesus. They've done all those wrong things. So have you. So have you. You just didn't get caught. But I'm called to them, and I'll defend my territory. What what area is God calling you to? Because, again, I want you to notice this. This guy didn't have a name. You ever felt like that? Does my story matter? Does anybody know my name? Am I even a, a difference maker? This is one unnamed man who changed if millions, if not billions. We tell this story thousands of years later because one man said, I'm running to Jesus. And when he ran, he got healed. And let me just tell you the last thing. I know I keep, this is my third closing. When you come... Worship always precedes deliverance because what happened, right? He ran to him and the Bible says he bowed down before him. So he was worshiping Jesus, right? See, the devil thought, I'm going to beg and we're going to coordinate and, and I'm going to get you to come. And, and he worshiped. But the moment that man worshiped is the moment said Jesus said, okay, healing's about to happen. Because when you worship the one true king, healing can come. When you worship the one true God, that's when deliverance can come. That's when freedom comes. That's when the prophetic comes. That's when the anointing comes. That's when breakthrough comes. It's not through the preacher. It's not through any words. It's through your worship. And when you worship 
worship Jesus. In fact, let's just raise our hands all over this place and online right now. Just close your eyes and begin to worship because as you worship, that relative is about to get healing. As you worship, your friends are about to get saved. As you worship, there's breakthrough coming in your finances. As you worship, there's healing coming into your body. As you worship, fear is gone. As you worship, that's when the Savior shows up and says, now is your time. This is the place. Now is the season and the hour for which I have appointed to, pro to proclaim my greatness in your life so that you can not just change one, but 10 providences. It's not just for McKinney. It's for a whole Metroplex. It's not just for Texas. It's for a whole nation. It's not just for the United States. It's for the world. I need you, Oaks Church, to have a worshipful vision of the world. Because without a world vision, you have no vision. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. And those little boys didn't get out of the boat because they knew it was a Gentile area. Don't let the new territory scare you. Don't deem it as unclean, unfit, and unworthy. There's a word that's about to drop in your life. And Lord, I pray for every hand raised in the worship and heart that's open right now. And I pray, let the anointing fall. Let the anointing fall. Let healing come in the name of Jesus. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we wanna invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.